0: Bye. <laughs>
1: Hello and bienvenue to the Arsenal Women Arscast, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to the Arsenal women's team, the champions of England no less. You're with me, Tim Stillman, and our co-host Pippa Monique. Pippa, how are you?
2: i good, face. I love that little French tip there.
1: Say bonjour, <laughs> bonjour, indeed. Um, obviously, we're in the middle of the Women's World Cup, and at the moment, at time of recording, we're at the very end of the group stage, which feels like a, a kind of a good time to collect our thoughts um, on, and impressions on the tournament so far. First of all, how how are you enjoying it? I'm
2: loving it. I mean, I knew it would be exciting, but like. I didn't think I'd get into it this much, I'll be honest mm. with you. But i um, learning about the, uh, there's a lot of players that I was unaware of, so I learned about the new players and just seeing the talent ac- across the world has been really exciting.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree because like, I, I don't know, but from your point of view as well, but from my point of view, I'm like writing about it and podcasting about it and stuff and like maybe being relied on for a bit of expertise. But what I've enjoyed the yeah. most as well is learning about these players because like, I don't know really about the Thailand <laughs> national team.
2: Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. you know
1: like I know like a bit about the US I know like a lot about the Netherlands and Brazil for different reasons in England and Scotland but yes and seeing like some of these South American teams as well it's like like you I've, I've just really really enjoyed not just the players but like some of their stories um, of as well what what, what kind of um, stories or, or players stories or, or themes from the tournament have you enjoyed the most so far
2: I'll be so honest what I've enjoyed the most of the fans? Yeah. Because <laughs> I've got I've gone to quite a few of the games and I went as a fan. I wasn't in the media room for most of them. I was went as a fan, mm. and the Cameroon experience was something <laughs> else. Honestly, like I've never been to a women's game where, firstly, where there were so many men, and yeah. the men were proudly supporting the women. Like when I say singing, dancing, off their seats, cheering for the full 90 minutes, it was an experience that I've never ever experienced at a football game, men or women's. And I just love the the atmosphere that they bring to the ground. like You, could, we, you will hear them before, during and after the game, win, lose or draw. And I just loved it.
1: Yeah, I, I, I tweeted something too, because again, at time of recording, just watched a Netherlands game. Um, mm-hmm. And I tweeted something today about, you know, because like Netherlands bringing loads of colour and noise to oh, this tournament. that's amazing. And yeah, doing these like marches to the ground and they've got lots of songs and they've got songs for the players and a band that's much better than the England band. Um, <laughs> and, and this is like, this is an important part of promoting women's football as much as the yeah. players. Seeing like big crowds that are engaged in the game. You know, that that's like a really, really big part of selling, for want of a better word, the product.
2: Yeah, that's what excites me the most about it is the, fat, is the, is the atmosphere when you're in the ground.
1: Yeah, yeah. As and,
2: well as the play, of course.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's looked, and you know, like the ticket sales have looked like, variable like some yeah. games have have sold better than others but yeah but there's I, I think you're right there's been like really genuinely kind of like a, a bit of a party atmosphere and much more sometimes when you watch women's games in the past it's just like you get the impression that people are sitting there looking at their phones a little bit yeah. and wondering what's going on. But I I, th- I think even like in the games where there've been slightly smaller crowds like they they've seemed like really, really engaged I
2: I was just about to say that, because as as you mentioned ticket sales, uh, I was at the uh, England-Scotland game before I went to the mm. Cameroon game. And at the Cameroon-Canada game, I think there was about significantly like 5,000 less fans at that game. But it felt like there was 10 times more because of the atmosphere.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, like, even if there are empty seats, like having... And this is an argument that actually goes on quite a lot in women's football when we talk about mm-hmm. stuff like um, Arsenal playing at the Emirates, for example. And actually, yeah. if you speak to a lot of the players, they say, actually, we'd kind of rather play in front of two thousand people at Boreham Wood who are into it than mm-hmm. like ten thousand people at the Emirates and loads of empty seats and about eight thousand of them aren't really engaged with what's going yeah, on. and it's there true. is this, this but like, partless. yeah, yeah. There is this kind of tension but obviously you need those crowds to generate the interest so it's like it's very it's kind of um, yeah yeah indeed Uh, uh, for me personally I think the story of this tournament so far I've I've really I've really enjoyed learning about some of these players that I'd never heard of before like um, the Argentina goalkeeper Correa who's oh
2: I was just about to say yeah
1: yeah 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 and she's had a brilliant tournament and she, you know she quit football for like six years to bring up twins and wow. um you know i've I've known a little bit before the tournament about the way that like the argentinian f a has has treated. Um, the football yeah. the the players and I think these stories have come a lot of these stories have come out and they're really important like stuff like Argentina didn't play a game for three years because their FA couldn't yeah, bother to that. arrange one and they weren't paying for hotels and so the girls were sleeping mm-hmm. on the bus at away games and you know then you've got Correa this this brilliant possibly the best goalkeeper at the tournament so far and you know, she didn't even play for six years because she was bringing up kids and doing other things. And 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 uh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah, I do. I didn't know it before the tournament either. And, she, um, she's
2: my new hero now.
1: Yeah, 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 indeed. <laughs> and like, you know, and and I mean, we'll get on to the the kind of smaller goals debate later. But I've been really pleased with some of the goalkeeping in this tournament because I know that's like a real common criticism of women's football. But actually, yeah. I think I think it's been it's been quite good. So. So you, as you said, you were, you know, you've been over in France, and uh, and I believe you're going back there towards the end of the tournament. Um, So what what have you? Obviously, you've been going over and seeing games, but you've been doing stuff for. um, Is it Give Me Sport Women?
2: Yeah, Give Me Sport Women. So when we was out there, we went as as I said, we went as a fan experience to to basically include anyone that wasn't able to get to France for whatever reason so they can have that experience to see what it's like to be at a World Cup, especially one that's been so highly promoted, especially in England it has been highly promoted. So, of course, the first game we went to was the England v. Scotland game mm. uh, because it was like the highly anticipated game that was promoted so much over the year. And the fact that it was promoted so much, I expected more, not mm. from the teams, but from, you know, like the ticket sales. So I was a bit disappointed in that. But all in all, the experience was great. Like even little things of like, see if, you, if I went as media I would not know this but as a family when, uh, when you go to buy your drinks every different game at the stadiums it would say the game like the fixture it would say England v yeah. Scotland the date and I, just little touches like that it's really nice memorabilia for such an epic tournament but yeah I went there as fans Obviously, the England v Scotland game was easy to interact with fans because we all speak the same language. (laughs) But when I went to uh, the France game, uh, my French is terrible, I have to be (laughs) honest. So it was so hard trying to even ask the most simple thing as what is your score prediction? I had to use Google Translate. But it was so fun because they were just super excited to be on camera and talk about their team. So a, a lot of them did speak English anyway, so it was easy for me. And they were just really excited to show the passion about the team from all ages, everyone it was it was a really nice experience
1: and what about um on the ground in France kind of away from the stadiums and in the cities mm-hmm. there, there's been kind of mixed reports depending on the city about
2: yeah. um, the level of
1: promotion how how did you find it
2: It wasn't heavily promoted in my opinion i we stayed in three different hotels for for, for obvious reasons we went to different games and different stadiums and every hotel i'm I, I love to talk so I speak to everyone that's like <laughs> at breakfast or whatever and they're like, oh, what are you in France for? And I'm like, oh, the World, World Cup. They're like, there's a World Cup going on? Really? Mm. And I'm just like, wow, you you don't know this at all? Like, it's not even promoted in the hotels. Um, it's hardly promoted on the streets. There was one strip along the Riviera mm. uh, where the train line goes that there was the, the flags, the flagpoles uh, for a good few miles. Uh, that was the only thing I saw in Cannes, um, in Nice. But when we was in Montpellier, they had a tram that mm. was all branded the women's world cup 2019 and see the thing is i can count how many branded things i saw that's how bad it was so yeah it wasn't greatly promoted
1: yeah that's kind of did did you get to any of the fan zones or anything like that
2: i I couldn't find them yeah i couldn't find them
1: that's and that in itself probably tells a little bit of a story um that's, that's certainly what i've read from the you know some cities and towns better than others but probably a lot more that could have been done on the ground which is yeah. a bit of a shame and that's probably showed in the ticket sales 100 um, because this is ostensibly um, a podcast about Arsenal women we should talk about some of the Arsenal players um, yeah. that have been at the tournament and um, I mean first things first Vivian Miedema uh, scoring twice against Cameroon breaking the her country's goal scoring record at the age of 22. She's.
2: she's... I didn't doubt her at
1: all. <laughs> she's, she's quite good, isn't <laughs> she? It turns out.
2: <laughs> quite good. <laughs> I would say she's excellent, mate. She's one of the best out there for her age. Literally, she's going to be the next martyr, I reckon, because has already hit a record. So, Miriamar uh, is. Yeah. legend in her game for her age as well
1: and and uh, you you, you've interviewed her before right yeah 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 so like when you interview her and and when you speak to her you realize like that what you see in the penalty area is very much what you get with the person she's so chill like focused yeah she's so chill and so humble
2: but at the same time she's really focused
1: yeah 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 Yeah. like the first time i interviewed her um, was before she played for us actually it was like just before her debut and, and I kind of said oh you know Arsenal have got three other Dutch players how how big um, you know how big a thing was that for you to convince you to come to Arsenal and she just went not at all she was like <laughs> yeah
2: she's really blunt
1: yeah yeah she was like not, not <laughs> at straight all straight to the point yeah yeah she just went I, I moved to Germany at 17 there were no Dutch players there no problem Not you know she's like I spoke to them but no that wasn't and I was like okay that's fine <laughs> and uh, she's but, clearly
2: not influenced by anything or anyone she just makes her she's very headstrong and i yes. like that
1: yeah yeah big time and, and i really got that and i like that sometimes when i interview a player i like for them to throw me like a little bit of a curveball like that because i was expecting her yeah. to just go yeah yeah you know that was a big part of it she just went no not at all not at all and uh <laughs>
2: next question <laughs> yeah
1: yeah exactly and she's so like um she's so Yeah, you're right. She's got this real, like, nice balance between being very relaxed, but you're right. Like, you can Mm -hmm. tell that she's laser focused. And um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm delighted for her. That's why she
2: is where she is.
1: Player of the
2: year, top goal scorer. It makes complete sense.
1: And you know, I mean, what I, I don't even know what I was doing at 22. I think I was unemployed. <laughs> um, I'm still at uni then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, and you know, great for Arsenal as well. And um, and obviously uh, Jill Roord as well um, scored in Netherlands' first game injury time mm-hmm. goal.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, really looking forward to seeing her. Although you know she's behind Daniel Van Der Donk in the Dutch team yes. and
3: yeah,
1: yeah. She, it, I mean, she's surely going to have that issue again at Arsenal this season. Do you believe so? It, I mean, it depends on how she's used, and obviously we've got the Champions League, so there should be more games. Whether there's some yeah. some rotation, but all, all of the the Dutches on my Twitter timeline are, are baffled as to why she isn't starting um, for the Netherlands. But that that's quite an interesting one because.
2: But it's she, something to note though, because many of our players that are in the tournament at the moment are not are not playing in the positions that they normally play in mm. for Arsenal. Yeah, I saw yeah. Lisa Evans playing the complete playing up front when I saw her from Scotland it, and against England
1: it, exactly and that's that's quite a nice segue actually I was going to talk about the Scottish girls because um, you know obviously they, they had a really heartbreaking exit I mean Kim Little uh, kind of got a goal um, at least in this yeah. tournament but I, I don't know about you I, d- I just didn't think Kim looked comfortable playing in such a defensive team yeah. Um and and the same with Lisa because you know obviously at Arsenal we attack everyone every week and and obviously exactly. Scotland don't do that and I I didn't think Kim and Lisa quite showed themselves like showed what I think of
2: It didn't it didn't look like a confident start 11 at all really.
1: No. No. And uh you know obviously gutted for Scotland the way they went out but Yeah. I I just didn't uh, you know like I obviously you've seen a lot of Kim and Kim's such a great player I think Lisa Evans is so underrated but I mean Lisa was of course
2: yeah
1: yeah playing like a far more defensive role and sometimes on the left and sometimes central I, d- I, d- I didn't get the impression that that the Scottish girls were really able to show what we see from them as Arsenal yeah. fans
2: it wasn't the best showcase for them I mean I actually bumped into well oh, I won't mention that, show, but i actually
1: bumped into Joe when I was out there oh ah, nice okay did you get yeah. a word with him
2: Yeah, I spoke to him briefly. I tried to get a little word on him about the uh, uh, Scotland performance it was just after that game, but he didn't give me too much information. He just said he was really um, interested in watching the Matildas. (laughs) He kind of like sidetracked my question, but um, because I mentioned it wasn't the greatest showcase for Lisa and Kim...
1: But, um, yeah, he's
2: yeah,
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. I know. So I know Joe is like absolutely not doing any kind of media uh, yeah. for this tournament. He's he's kind of under the radar, and because I'm really interested, he's half Italian. I'm really interested in what he wanted oh, yeah. to happen in in the Australia Italy game, um, yeah. perhaps. And I know like he he speaks Italian, and you know grew up very much in that kind of culture. So, um, and and I suppose like the last. Uh, the last Arsenal players, um, to talk about with the Lionesses, um, Beth Mead Mm -hmm. started two out of three games. I I think she's played pretty well. Obviously England have like a lot of, a lot of choices, but you know, that, that assist for Jodie kind of, that's, you know, we talk about some of like the Scottish players. Yeah, exactly. Not being able to show what they showed Arsenal, but that, that assist Mm -hmm. for Jodie, that's what we've seen from Beth all season at Arsenal, right?
2: Yeah. You get what you see with that one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, um, uh, but kind of I suppose unfortunately leah uh, at the time of recording Leah Williamson hasn't had any minutes yet um and <coughs> i i feel I was, I
2: was expecting that to be fair
1: yeah i same same I was expecting that, but i i, I don't know maybe, maybe it's just like my arsenal bias coming through and the fact that you know yeah, i, I really like Leah and that, but i, I feel like that's unfair. We're all waiting for a- yeah, I
2: spoke to quite a few fans after the, yeah the England Scotland game, and a lot of them were and they're not even Arsenal fans, but they were very unimpressed that Leah hasn't started yet because they kept saying numbers don't lie. Any time yeah. that Leah played in a uh, in an England game, they haven't lost or come close to losing, uh, which was music to my ears. I wasn't sure on those stats, but they said yeah, when Leah plays, it's a definite not clean sheet, but it's very confident that we will win that game, and there was. players that were in in the defensive positions weren't playing to the highest standards and they felt like Phil was choosing over players over status more than fitness.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I I think the thing for Leah, the reason she doesn't really get a look in is I don't think Phil thinks that Leah can play with Steph Horton. I think he sees it very much as an either or and therefore Leah's, and Steph just plays every minute of every game, so Leah's probably yeah. not going to get a look in unless Steph is injured or rested which I mean personally I, I don't buy into that I think they could play together I also think that maybe Leah is a bit better than Steph um, although uh, yeah. I see like
2: Yeah, <laughs> debatable I'm sure that would be debatable but I'm sure everyone listening will agree
1: <laughs> Yeah, yeah and, and maybe like Steph is such a good captain to be fair that that, that maybe gives her yeah. a bit of an edge but I, I really hope Leah gets some minutes in this World Cup because I know how I'm
2: much I'm sure she will Yeah Because Millie's come out uh, I think it was Abby that came in uh, but they've Phil has really rotated this squad in the, in the last three games there's been he's rotated a lot of players, there's been different players that's come onto that pitch so I'm sure hopefully in the quarterfinals she'll get a few minutes under her belt
1: so those are the arsenal players at the world cup obviously we've got some players who aren't at the world cup um at the moment one of those is katie mccabe the irish captain uh pippa and i uh, went down to london colney um before the world cup started a few weeks ago to do some interviews um and we spoke to katie um about her season fantastic season that she's had um so let's roll that interview now and we'll be back with you in a minute Okay, joining me now is Arsenal midfielder, forward, left back again, depending right back depending, right back, <laughs> depending on the uh, which day of the week it is. Uh, Katie McCabe, Katie, thank you very Hi much oh, yeah. uh, for joining us. Um, Katie, I think um, that there were a few arsenal players that really could and should have been in the pfa team of the year and i really think that you're one of them um how do you evaluate
4: very kind of
1: how do you because uh, you know you're in double figures for goals uh, i think double figures for assists as well this season uh,
4: including all competitions maybe yeah. not too sure yeah
1: so a lot of end products uh, there this season how do you feel you've come on as a player
4: yeah, definitely. I think um, since coming back from Glasgow, I'm um, coming back into into Joe's side. Then it was um, he's really um, he's worked with me and the team, um, yeah, to go forward really and um, and and create that end product, which I, I s- struggled with having in my game when I first came over here. And um, obviously in the year and a half I've been under him. Um, at the end of the season, obviously we finished off with a title. But individually, I've, I felt like um, felt like I've helped the team in every way I could, um, and that is obviously down to to Joe's support. Um, I think training with um, high quality teammates and players that we have here obviously helps you up your game every single day you train. So you always have to be at your best. And I think having that, um, yeah, having that challenge every day in training is definitely yeah pushed me on to to better myself as a player.
1: And uh. I read uh, an interview you did, I think it was in the Irish Times, um, after the Brighton game, and you said uh, a phrase that really jumped out at me in that interview. Um, You you talked about coming back from Glasgow City on loan, and uh, and you talked about falling in love with football again.
4: Yeah, Uh, no, sorry, go on. Uh,
1: Yeah, 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 I I was just going to say, how how was because over the last 18 months you kind of came back and you went from being not quite a, like a high level squad player to being where well, you've played more games than anyone else this season so what's that journey been like for you personally over the last 18 months?
4: Yeah no it's been great obviously I struggled um, trying to get some minutes and get into the team and I did come up first come over as a 19 year old with Pedro and um, for me I just wanted game time and I think that was the only way I was going to uh, progress. Um, obviously being named Irish captain then I had that kind of responsibility to be playing and come home and play for Ireland and and perform at that level so for me going to Glasgow on loan, um, I'm really grateful for them taking me in under the wing and and playing week in week out Um, but that definitely uh, changed my mindset, I I came back in, um, I was better mentally and physically Um, and then obviously with the the new structure of the club with with Pedro Levin and, and Joe I think it was just basically a fresh start for me, a second chance if you like and for me I'm, I feel quite lucky because like, you don't get second chance like that mm. in football never mind that club at arsenal so i think for joe coming in and um, and yeah as i said working <laughs> working with me and, and the girls it's uh, it's been terrific and you can see the way we've um, performed this season it's been it's been great and exciting from the uh, from the start and doing it with our style and our style of players uh, makes it even better
1: and uh, you know, you, you said you came over when you were nineteen. And uh, another thing you said in that interview is that perhaps you were too young. That perhaps the move to Arsenal came a bit too early yeah. um, for you. Um, was that was that footballing or personal or? I what?
4: think it was more personal. Um, I come from a big family. Of, uh, I'm one of eleven, so it's quite yeah, uh, coming uh, away from the big family and, and into like a new world, a new city, a new club. Um, that, that's what I struggled with um, so yeah you could say too early but I think everything happens for a reason I'm a firm believer in that and um, I think that year a first year and a half year and a bit um, th- my first year at the club was um, definitely uh, <laughs> made me pull my socks up then when I went to, to Glasgow and work hard and, card and um, yeah better myself really
1: and, uh, you. I mean I think you had Probably one of the team highlights of the season as well with that goal at Birmingham, Um, and I was kind of I was at that game and I, I felt like during the second half that was the first time I detected maybe a bit of anxiety in the team, realizing how big that game was and how much they needed that goal. Is that your personal moment of the season when you saw that shot hit the back of the net against Birmingham?
4: Yeah, definitely. Obviously, starting every game, um, well, not every game, starting when I can is obviously great cause it shows you you've been working hard to run the week in training. But, yeah, for me personally, I, we knew going into that game we needed to win it to secure a Champions League spot and that was one of our targets at the start of the season was to get back, get this club back into the Champions League. Um so yeah going into the game obviously we had we were very unlucky in the first half with some of the chances we had um, but the girls would slag me over because they seen me do it I think two or three times before that the same cut in and and, sh- and shoot but um I think it got blocked and it got saved mm. and stuff so they even said afterwards when they seen me do it again they were kind of not annoyed but then they went in and it went in and they were they were happy with it now but for me it was um it was obviously a really nice moment to score that goal to get. This club back into the Champions League and put us in it in a good position for for the title race and. So, yeah no that was that would have been yeah definitely yeah, one of my highlights
1: and I uh, just spoke to Louise about um, some of the kind of great Irish players that have that have been at Arsenal and kind of being on the honors board with the likes of Emma Byrne, Nifahi, Yvonne Tracy and, and players like that but um, actually I wanted to ask you what um, how important it is for you to have Louise here um, as well kind of both uh, you know Irish international teammates but um, how your bond is, um, together in the team and 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 how that kind of um, how that makes you feel kind of part of the furniture here at Arsenal, I guess.
4: Yeah, no, definitely. I think when I first came over, I had Emma here, um, which was obviously a, a great shoulder to lean on well, on her experience. And then when she left, um, I was in yeah probably lost a little bit. Obviously, I've, I've good friends here as well. But then obviously the came after the whole North County uh, scenario which was great and she's done terrific when she's come here and we kind of had a moment after the Brighton game um, in the changing room and just kind of says to each other like this is like basically amazing to, to be to be doing this with you and um, yeah kind of entering that okay we're now one of the Irish Arsenal ladies who've Arsenal women even have won a league title so we can now join obviously likes of Emma Bourne Niamh uh, Fahey Yvonne Tracy Kira Grant um, so it was really special because I, I've, I've always looked on I've always looked uh, looked at games on the TV and seeing Emma Bourne lifting cups and fun so to now say I was part of that and hopefully be well be lifting it on Saturday is uh, is really special and obviously to have Louise there doing it with me is even better because there's a lot of Dutch there's a lot of English there's yeah, yeah. Scottish so to have me and Louise uh, as me little mate uh, big mate <laughs> uh, she uh, no it's 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 nice to be sharing it uh, with a fellow uh, fellow Irish woman.
1: OK, well, as I said, I think you've had an excellent season, Katie. Congratulations. Appreciate it. And uh, look forward to watching on Saturday.
4: Hopefully, yeah, you'll pick the next PFA team. <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: Cheers.
0: Imagine if you could shop the shelves of your local liquor stores at the same time. Well, spoiler alert, you can with Drizzly, the number one alcohol delivery app. Compare prices on a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits like Tanqueray, Crown Royal, and Ciroc. Then get them delivered to your door in under 60 minutes. Right now, Drizzly is giving new customers $5 off their first order. Just enter promo code SAVE5 at checkout. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com. This holiday season, treat yourself
2: welcome back that was our case in the cave unfortunately we didn't get to see her showcase herself at the world cup but she's had an amazing season at Arsenal this season don't you think Tim
1: yeah yeah She she's um, she, probably the most improved player um, I think Arsenal like I, I liked her when she signed but I didn't ever really see her as like a superstar or anything but yeah she played more minutes than any other player um this season and in several different positions as well. She played full back, wing back, central midfield, right hand side, uh, forward and you know, I I think her goal against Birmingham in March possibly the oh, biggest yeah. goal of the season um for one, Arsenal. And... One of
2: my favourites.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And obviously we, we spoke to her about that in the interview. But um yeah, she she's she's had she's had an absolutely fantastic season and uh and I'm I'm Uh, maybe a little bit happy she's not at the World Cup not for her but like (laughs) just for her to go away and have like a good summer break and and hopefully come back and and kind of do what she was doing again next season
2: It's always nice for someone for a player like that to have a break because I know a few seasons ago she had a broken leg I don't know how Mm. players and athletes come back mentally and physically from something like that but she's really come into herself for Arsenal this season she's been a joy to watch
1: yeah, absolutely, and and obviously she had that loan spell at Glasgow City just before mm-hmm. Joe arrived, and she went there. She won a league title. She was playing every week, and I think that's that's just made all the difference for her yeah. in terms of her confidence. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. And uh, I mean, I guess speaking about her confidence, um, you know, she did she did an interview in the Irish Independent um, recently where oh, she no. kind of. Yeah, yeah. Where she, she. I, this was kind of an open secret, I think, in women's football. I, I don't think she ever really hid it per se. But you know, her and her partner Ruesha Littlejohn, who plays for London Bees, they kind of, to mark yeah. Pride Month, um, they they went public about their relationship, which is is fantastic. And and you know, Katie was talking about you know perhaps as captain of Ireland, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, it's on me to. To be a bit of a role model, so that you know that's that's great for both yeah. of them.
2: I mean, it's really inclusive <coughs> in this football anyway. But I must, I must say personally, in men's and women's and any type of sports, I don't actually pay attention to things like this. But no. it's really nice uh, for people to come out and uh, just express themselves and let you know that it's, it's an inclusive. The environment that we're in in this women's game. Um so it's nice of us in,
1: to do that. Yeah, exactly. And look, we we know that there are there are lots of couples and there are, you know, there, there yeah. are lots and lots of gay players in, in women's football and Katie kind of says that in the interview, look, this is this is quite a forgiving environment to do that in. Um but yeah, absolutely, just all for, you know, if they want to be public about it, whether they don't want to be public about it, whatever, or whatever feels comfortable yeah. for them is 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 fantastic.
2: Exactly. Touching back on the World Cup again, because we are in the swing of things in summer. Mm. There's been this huge debate. I don't know. I'm sure you've tweeted about this as well. <laughs> uh, I think everyone's been talking about it with Emma Hayes' comment on smaller goals in women's football. I mean, mm. personally, I think that is absolutely ridiculous uh, because my son even plays with those goals and he's not hes not even a teenager yet. So I couldn't quite get her standpoint on it, where she was coming from, that women need smaller goals for this for women's games.
1: Yeah, so I, I I, don't think I agree. I mean, I I don't think I have a strong opinion on it, right? Because first of all, I'm not sure it's my place to have a strong opinion on it. I, th- I think it should be up <laughs> to like the players and the yeah. goalkeepers themselves maybe. But um, I, I think where Emma was coming from was, you know, almost using like the example of women's tennis where it's three sets instead of five or women's golf where, you know, they they tee off differently and things like that and I, th- I think where Emma's coming from really is saying that look men's football need not be considered the absolute gold standard it's just a version, and you know football wasn't mm-hmm. really made with women in mind and therefore you know it's uh, I, the phrase I'd use is like acknowledgement of difference is not necessarily admission of inferiority it's, it's just it's she's not saying like goalkeepers are crap she's just saying look they're about five or six inches shorter that's just a fact of life but I, th- I think I'm with you I, d- I don't think Whoa. it's <laughs> I, d- I don't think it's really an issue in terms of um yeah it- it's not like all the games are finishing seven five like the goals don't seem out of control and yeah there are more long-range goals I think in women's football but I, d- I don't <clears throat> think that's a problem I, d- I don't I don't know if you like that affects your kind of entertainment with with the game. The fact that a 25- no, twenty five those,
2: those are some of the most enjoyable goals to watch, really, especially for the younger audience. I know every time my son sets goals when he watches the highlights back, he's like, "Whoa, did you see that? Whoa, that's crazy!" Like people love to see stuff like that. They're, it's it's entertaining.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that uh, you know, that's maybe like a feature and not a bug. And look, like women, like women's footballs, not new it's it's been going you know it's Mm -hmm. been happening for like over 100 years and like all of the last world cups have had these size goals and for me i I think it's more about like coaching right it's about women footballers at the top level and this is only at the top level most women footballers still do not have goalkeepers coaches at the top level they're just beginning to in the last few years and you look at like the chile goalkeeper christiane endler Um, another been amazing in this tournament she plays for PSG she's a full-time professional she has daily goalkeeping coaching and Mm -hmm. the size of the goals haven't been an issue for her so I don't know about you but for me I think that's more you know like once as the game professionalises just access to better coaching seems Mm -hmm. to be
2: exactly with anything the more you train the more you practice the better you will be so if you're not used to goalkeeping training of course it's going to it's going to feel like you're literally a life so small in that big goal but once you have the correct training and how to position yourself and how to defend goals from all angles it will become second nature
1: indeed indeed yeah yeah completely agree but i I just think maybe people didn't quite like i understand that there's a defensiveness on on the subject and i don't think emma was quite coming from where people think she was coming from but nevertheless i i don't think i agree but I, i probably don't have a strong opinion on it to be honest
2: yeah. True. I've never been a goalkeeper. I, mean, I, I I wouldn't want to be, to be honest.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. <laughs>
2: it's not the easiest job. The other main talking point of the tournament has to be VAR. I mean, it's been absolutely. That's another ridiculous thing. Ridiculous is going to be the the key word of this <laughs> podcast this week, this month, because the use of VAR has been it hasn't been handled well. And I know it's new to football in general, but it hasn't been exhausted the way it should be
1: yeah i i I agree i think it's been like um a little bit farcical at this tournament to be quite honest so i'm i'm not a fan anyway to say the least i don't like the idea i personally i don't don't really care about refereeing errors i don't think it's like a big error that needs fixing i'm i'm fine with it but i I get some people aren't and that's okay but yeah i think some of this like you know you, you look at the the way scotland were eliminated and because the goalkeeper came about a quarter oh. inch off of a line, and this obsession with quarters of inches, and you know, you know, the the one that that's actually annoyed me the most in this tournament is the offside flags going up like thirty seconds late, mm-hmm. like after the offsides i I found yeah. that.
2: What is that about? What
1: yeah, because cause they're told basically to let the move end before they call offside, just in oh, case they review it and it's not. And yeah, maybe I just need to get used to it. I found that really Honestly. jarring.
2: Yeah, from a viewers' point, it became confusing at times. I was thinking, wait, I know that was offside, but what's the flag up now for? Because I'm not sure what else has happened. I thought something another incident had happened because it doesn't make sense the way they've done it. Yeah, it becomes ins- very it slows the game down for the fans as, and, and must be for the players as well. But it's really irritating to watch because it just loses the flow of the game.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I, I completely agree, and I I think I think. Um in this tournament there's there's a few things that they'll they'll take from this tournament and they won't do anymore i think that kind of goalkeeper moving on the line piece for example i I can't see them keeping that um and it's kind of a shame that they've used something like a women's world cup to work some of that out because it shouldn't really be a testing ground but but there we go it seems
2: impossible to save goals with that technique yeah. it seems absolutely impossible it's in all favour for the penalty taker because it's just what do you do if you can't even move off the line until you know it's ridiculous in, yeah, nobody has that speed reaction
1: yeah yeah exactly and it's not like you know things are hard enough for goalkeepers and defenders I don't think yeah. we need to make it that much harder but yeah there you go at, at the very least the, the one positive I'd say about this it's been nice to watch the debate over this on like social media yeah, and you know people engaging with women's football just as football yeah. without like you know I don't know social commentary or debating whether it's worthwhile or, or anything like that but just talking yeah. about it as a normal football match That that's the one thing I think I've taken from this
2: Yeah I've loved it it's been really nice seeing all the, all the conversations as well but speaking of defenders I
4: yes. must touch back
2: on this we yeah. hear Tim and I headed down to London Colony, as you know, and we spoke to our defender, Louise Quinn. So here's that interview. Uh,
1: We're now joined by Arsenal centre-half Louise Quinn. Louise, thank you very much um, for joining us. Uh, Louise, after the Brighton game, I, I read an interview that you did with the Irish Times... Um, and you were reflecting on the fact that almost two years to the day between winning the title with Arsenal, um, you had the situation with Notts County where the club kind of folded very, very suddenly. Um, and that, that must have been like a really, really scary experience at the time. And looking back on that, um, do you think... It, it's hard to say, like you know things work out for the best and everything like that but mm. how much do you think that experience has taught you um,
3: you know as a person as much as a football player um yeah i think just in in general it, it kind of you know definitely told you know taught me just not to take things for granted you know to work as hard as you can no matter what situation you're in but then you know also sometimes a bit a bit about life after football um mm. you know especially for uh, you know female footballers it's you know, it's definitely a massively growing game, but, you know, as soon as I maybe retire, you know, I'm just going to have to go in straight away, get a job and, you know, go into the, the real world. Um, so, yeah, so it definitely made me, you know, think about everything. When it comes to my football, just play and enjoy it. You just you, you don't know when something might happen that might just kind of take it away from me, even if it's just briefly or, you know, and, and that's the same, including injuries and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, definitely it just made me... Uh, think it made me more determined. Um you know, and I and Arsenal then just that just definitely gave me a huge uh, a huge chance to you know, to, to prove that to prove that to uh you know to myself that I can do that.
1: And um your career's had
3: <laughs>
1: And uh, your career's had quite an interesting trajectory in in this kind of uh in this respect and uh I I guess, like, for our listeners and for our viewers, um, I'm quite interested in getting you to explain how your move to Sweden came about before you came back to England. Is it right that you put together your own video, Sean, basically?
3: Yeah, basically, it took me um, seven hours to do seven minutes uh, video. Um, Yeah, listen, it just got to a stage where I I did. I just really wanted to to play abroad um, and... I suppose then I, I had been in, in touch with, you know, some of my Irish teammates, one of my good friends, Fiona O'Sullivan, and, you know, she put me then in touch with, with her agent, um, or an agent that she knew, and, yeah, you know, she she had at the same time, you know, told me, she was like, I, you know, I play, I've played in Sweden, I've played, you know, abroad, like, I think I think you can do it, and, you know, that was, that was it, and, you know, that was me, I wanted to do it, so, yeah, I yeah, slogged and made, you know, the best clips that I could, uh, the best things that I could do, and um, yeah, it was uh, it was it was tedious, but um, yeah, it, it just came about, and you know, I, I ended up in a club Tuna and you know, my agent told me that they were yeah, they're in the second division, but they're a, a you know a, a club with a lot of ambitions, and that was you know that was exactly what it was, and I think they recruited some of the best people and the best players that they they could have at the time, and you know starting then second division and finishing playing in the last eight in in Champions League, it was a. Uh, you know quite a quite a journey for me and um so what did you do with the video once you made it did you just
1: send it out to agents did you send it out to clubs
3: yeah yeah it was um shamingly put on youtube and uh, <laughs> yeah like and then you know yeah the, my agent had it and yeah he just he just sent it sent it to clubs and you know i, I was uh, i you know ended up you know friends with you know the coach that w- that was there at the time victor erickson and he was like I didn't really look at it. I looked at maybe <laughs> like, and I was like, I put so much work into that. But he was just like, I saw little bits. I read about you, and that was it. So you know, I just wanted to hear. So, and, uh how is your Swedish? You spent two years over there, is that right?
1: Four years. Four years. yeah. Four years. Um, I know it, they speak a lot of English there. Exactly.
3: But. So it's maybe not as good as it, uh, as it should be. Um, yeah, because our, our training sessions were done in English. Um, oh, I do awesome. in general struggle with languages and. Mm. You know, in general, a lot of people want to speak English with you. So even when I went to cafes or something and tried to speak Swedish, uh, they spoke back in English to me. So I was just like, there's just no point. Know, really but um, no, I like I know bits and I definitely got to a stage there where I could I, I could understand a lot of the conversations. And, but then the speaking was yeah, a little bit more difficult. But, you know, I, I got there.
1: And uh, when you came to Arsenal as well, I mean, it, it wasn't, you know you came from Knox County and, and initially it was just a contract for the spring series right so it's still only a short term contract and bit by bit you've kind of fought for longer and longer contracts um, and, uh, and, and and I, I read uh, well actually I spoke to Joe after the Brighton game and he he talked about you there was an Irish Times journalist mm. there he asked about you and uh he he. Kind of he spoke a lot about your evolution from um, this kind of typical centre half, shall we say, to this kind of ball playing centre half that that can play not can, not just that can play Joe Montemurro's football, but really really thrive um, with Joe Montemurro's football. So your journey as a footballer um, in your two years at Arsenal has been really really quite significant, I think.
3: Yeah, I think to even you know to take on such a, a different role as a centre half has been. A huge, a huge challenge to me, and you know, in in the trainings, I have uh, I've failed plenty. Um, you know, even the other day, I just had a disaster of day. But but that's the thing. I'm just going to keep trying, keep keep trying to make you know to do implement what Joe wants us to do. If I want to be on that in that starting eleven and on the pitch, you know, I'm I'm going to do it and I'm going to try it and I'm going to put you know everything everything I've got into it and. Um, yeah, and you know, and and he's he's trusted me, and he's have confidence, and you know, I I hear him on the sideline when you know when he when he tells you to to dribble with the ball and yeah take them on and you know and then when you know that you've got the likes of Leah there beside you who's going to come in and cover you and you know because I know as well as soon as she goes off running I'm, I'm tucking in right behind her so you know it's nice to know that that we ha- we have each other's backs there and you know but also the movement in front of me for the girls that want the ball is mm. you know is is ideal um you know their positioning their their body shape their everything so you know it's it's yeah I've I've had the confidence to try to try do it and to play forwards um you know a lot more but the girls in front of me have definitely made it easier
1: and uh, our website's based in Dublin so it'd be completely remiss of me not to ask um, about the kind of Irish tradition, uh at Arsenal ladies slash Arsenal women. And again I read in the Irish Times piece you're talking about this this kind of awareness of the likes of Nee and Emma Byrne, um, and Yvonne Tracy and and now you are an Irish league champion um, at Arsenal and, and I know you're you're a very proud Irish woman as well. So um how much, uh, how much kind of pride does that give you to join uh, the list of kind of great Irish players at Arsenal Women?
3: Uh, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely near the the bottom of the list. The girls have won so many trophies, and you know we have you know we have some serious catching up to do there. But you know to be even, hopefully, put in the same category as them is uh, is fantastic. And you know myself and Katie you know that there's always been the Irish representation here across the board in Arsenal is uh, has always been very strong so you know we are extremely proud to uh you know to keep it going and you know and then hopefully that will let, you know, other other young girls believe that they can that they can come to this club as well. Um, you know, even when I saw the girls, um Yvonne Kier and Yves playing here years ago, I still I think it let me believe that I could that I could I can go abroad and play everywhere but to actually think that I would be, you know, wearing an Arsenal jersey the like them, um, I don't think I did quite believe that, uh, boss And a kind of final question to wrap up. Um, obviously,
1: Ireland, I'm going to the World Cup this summer and I'm interested in how much qualifying for the Champions League means perhaps to you and Katie, because you know a lot of your teammates um, will be going to France and and you know to be kind of on that international stage as a player, how much more important is that... Um, is that for you to be playing um, in European competition next year
3: yeah it's huge obviously we were you know we were gutted about the World Cup but when it came down to it in our in our group we you know we met some you know the, the top two seeds you know in Europe and uh, you know and, and just at the time we just weren't good enough so um, yeah to have to have at least still this opportunity to, to gain more experience to be back in the Champions League with, with Arsenal which you know I think we can do incredibly well in if you know if we continue to play how we're playing and you know and, and strengthen that that squad even more and and implement even more of what Joe wants us to do. Um, yeah, we're in with we're in with a massive chance, and again, just gonna just gonna work 100% all the time to be on that pitch because it, you know the competition's going to be you know amazing coming in for for next season. So. Um, Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, you can just keep working hard for that. I know. We look forward to watching you. Uh, Thank you very much
1: for joining us. Cheers.
2: Lovely to hear from Louise. There, one of my favourites. I know I shouldn't have favourites, but it's so nice to have a player that that joins like on a short term, not expecting to stay at a a top flight club like Arsenal and have, has excelled now signed a new contract
1: yeah yeah and, and it's you know um, obviously we spoke to her a little bit about how her kind of Arsenal career came about but I love that story she tells about um, when she was you know when she was in Ireland and she figured out she wanted to be a professional footballer and she edited her own highlights video and sent it mm-hmm. out to agents I love that
2: that's so funny I would
1: do and, yeah and yeah and then ends up like getting a club in Sweden and just randomly going and living there for three years and, and I think it's really important to tell these stories about women's footballers that they're for, for want of a better phrase they're normal people and they have normal concerns and they don't earn millions uh, you know like men's footballers and they make these sacrifices so I, you know I, I think that's one of my yeah. favourite stories I've heard from an Arsenal player
2: it's top class. It's not only is it the definition of YOLO, YOLO, you only live once. <laughs> it's also showing people that if you chase your dreams and you know you really put your mind to it, like look where you can end up playing for a professional team.
1: Indeed, indeed. And um, <laughs> I guess talking about chasing dreams, do we want to do some World Cup predictions?
2: Let's do it because I've had the boldest of predictions since the beginning of this tournament, and they change all the time. Because- <laughs> You know, a tournament, everything, of expected. You never know what you are going to
1: get. So, yeah, well, I've changed again. Yeah, I, I, I have. I, yeah. What are you, are
2: you going for for the win?
1: So, I still think France. So it looks Ooh. like France and the US are probably going to end up playing in the quarterfinal, and I just fancy the fact that France are on home soil to to just do it. And if the, if they beat US, I think they'll go and win it. So France.
2: Yeah, they'll definitely beat USA with the with the help of VAR. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> true. No,
2: you never know who are you going um, for for winner. You're not going to believe I'm going to say this because this makes absolutely no sense as it stands right now. Although obviously they qualified, uh, but you know last sixteen, anything happened. I'm going to have the boldest of bold predictions. Go for it. And simply because my fav, a lot of my favourite players are in this team, I am saying Netherlands. Can you believe I've that? Okay. Oh my
1: god. Fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. I'd, I mean, I'd I'm love to see to the him do it. And I'm saying
2: me to my golden boot. There
1: you go. I said it, I said it Interesting, said interesting.
2: It. Yeah.
1: Okay, so gold, golden boot for me. I, at, at time of recording, Sam Kerr and Alex Morgan are tied on five goals. Mm. And I think that Alex Morgan is going to take it just. I think she might score one more. Um, and I think that will probably be enough uh, for her to take the golden boot. So I'm I'm going to say Alex Morgan. What about- She's
2: the clear winner. She's the clear winner for the golden boot. In it, I, I I joked about this the other day and said Wendy Bernard might take it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I, well I've I've been writing for um, a betting site uh, about this tournament in my tournament preview. Like I saw she was a hundred to one for the golden oh. boot, and I said put a pound on that because she takes penalties and she's great from set pieces exactly and yeah so, she, that could be a sound shout actually she's on three yeah. at the moment and if they go all the way she has actually got a chance <laughs> which would be seven. incredible yeah 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 <laughs> what What about player of the tournament who do you think is going to take that
2: uh, I was actually, actually going to give it to her Wendy Bernard yep for the home nation as you said she's great on set pieces she's she's one of the uh, she's like a national treasure, treasure for France obviously she's played yeah. for Lyon as well so um I feel like she has a lot of attention on her at the moment and i feel like she will really deliver and give the fans what they want and i think she will be nominated player of the tournament
1: i i completely agree um because usually defenders don't get that much credit but because she scores goals as well i think that will swing it for her as well if you know i'm assuming france are going to go all the way and win it so it's probably going to be a france player to take player of the tournament I think the US are going to go out in the quarterfinals, so I think that will take a lot of them out of it Um, so yeah I I completely agree
2: it's the year of the defender man I mean I know I shouldn't mention it on an Arsenal podcast but you know Virgil van Dijk she's been likened to him for all the set set pieces in the quarters so
1: they do look it, it, a little they, bit alike as, yeah, well, has to be seen that as well. I've seen
2: that as well. I've seen that as It's the hairstyle.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, very much so. So, okay. Um, I guess time will tell if we're right or wrong um, about that. Um, and maybe even by the time you listen to this podcast, some of those predictions will be firmly in the bin. We'll see.
2: <laughs> yeah, probably.
1: <laughs> um, but thank you all very much for joining Pippa and myself on this edition of the Arsenal Women Ask Cast. And thank you, of course, to our very special guests, uh, Irish pair Katie McCabe and Louise Quinn we we did a few more interviews down at London Colney so we'll kind of uh, continue drip feeding those over the summer with the likes of Lisa Evans Emma Mitchell who of course was left out of the Scotland squad sadly um, she hadn't heard about that at the time that we actually spoke to her so um, it'll be interesting listening back to that but um, yeah, thank you all so much for listening. Um, hope you're all really enjoying the World Cup. Hope you've all bought your tickets for the Emirates Cup to see the girls there. Yes. Pippa, thank you very much um, thank as you. well. Hope you really enjoy France. Um, yeah,
2: I'll be back out there soon, so I'm looking forward to that.
1: Cool, cool. And perhaps we'll catch up um, at the end of the tournament to kind of unpick everything that happened in France this summer. Definitely. Cool, okay. Thank you very much for listening and we'll speak to you again next time. See you.